0: Listening to In Traffic with Neil Rubenstein. I am Neil Rubenstein, and today I'll be sitting in traffic talking to Christopher Roach of the upcoming CBS sitcom Kevin Can Wait. Hey, man, how are you? Good, buddy. What's going on? Uh, nothing. Just, uh, just heading home from work. What happened with the audition today? You can't do it because uh, cause it I interferes was, with...
1: Uh... Yeah, it interferes with the scheduling. Uh, we'll be filming like a three-week-on, one-week-off schedule starting August 15th. And I realized that, as I had said yes to the audition, I realized that, oh, man, it, it, the, film, the, the, the commercial films... Uh, during the scheduling, so it kinda of, you know, I had to cancel it.
0: Oh that's uh that's a fun out. Well, it's good though that you're doing like a sitcom that's filming a lot though. So that's probably better. Yeah. <laughs> what uh is that how it works? It's it's you film like three episodes in three weeks and then you take a week off every every month, yeah. just like that?
1: I would imagine the one week they take off is for editing purposes. I don't know. I don't know why, why the schedule is like that, but it's like that with all shows uh they take one week off I guess to catch up with the writers and whatnot and editing um,
0: Do you know how many how many episodes they uh that you guys are doing
1: well, this is what the 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 series is picked up for thirteen that's including the pilot that we shot uh-huh, and I think it's around episode six that they determine whether or not they're going to give you an additional 10, I think. So it's like a 23, if, if the full season is 23 episodes and the writers actually literally started getting together. Like you, you, I know you said one of your friends is one of the writers. Yeah. Yeah. They got, they started getting together last week. So I'm just like, you know, hoping to pray. and praying. I'm, I'm a recurring character. So I'm hoping they're going to put me in a lot of them. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he said, he uh, texted me unprompted, texted me one morning, and was like, Chris's character is awesome. He's going to be in a lot of episodes. Oh, you so, really said that? Yeah, yeah. I was going to, like, forward it to you, but then I was like, ah, oh, maybe I'm overstepping bounds. <laughs> no, no. <That> <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, he, he said that, and I was like, Oh yeah, awesome. Good for him.
1: I'm always long.
0: <laughs> uh, how long... Uh how long have you been doing stand up and how did you end up getting hurt up with James? Sure.
1: Uh it it all happened at, you know, McGuire's in Bohemia. It's funny, one of my friends, uh, you know Lori Pomateri. Yeah, of course. Good comic. She was at uh some some seminar with all these club owners in the city and uh one of the owners club owners said to her, You you won't get famous working on Long Island.
0: <laughs> so there well. I'm <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm in, yeah, there I am in Bohemia. I'm in Bohemia, Long Island. That's where I did my first set fourteen years ago because, uh I started doing stand up comedy. I really just had a, a, a really bad public speaking fear. And it was really bad. And uh I started going to these toastmaster classes and one thing led to another, I might an open mic doing comedy and once I got the once I got the bug once I got you know the comedy bug, I never looked back because it was you know not only put the performing but the hanging out with other comics, diners, writing jokes, telling funny stories. So I was I was hooked right away. And uh, then it was probably about a year and a half year and a half ago, I'm uh, my cleaning guy. I'm performing uh, I'm performing at McGuire's. It was actually John Prusin, the booker for uh, Governors called me up and he said what are you doing today it was Wednesday it was Wednesday he called me Wednesday afternoon. I said nothing just uh, running errands he said why don't you come down Uh, Colin Quinn is working out a new special come down and do a spot in front of him I said okay cool so I get there it's a Wednesday night and the crowd's a little I would say only about excuse me 50 people so I'm looking at my notes I'm literally standing up looking at my notes you know like we do uh and I'm getting ready to go on stage, and at the corner of my eye, I see a couple guys in the back. And I happen to focus on one of them. I said, "That looks like Kevin James." And then I'm like, "My God, it is Kevin James!" And I look next to him, and it's Rock Rubin. You know, any comedian, yeah. any comedian on Long Island knows who Rock Rubin is. Um, the producer of King of Queens and a lot of Kevin's, uh, pretty much all of Kevin's uh, projects. So I, I only had, I think they were told me to do ten minutes, and I just went up there and I, just, you know, I, you know, talk, of course, talking to myself in my head, saying to take calm, you know, don't rush it, keep your cadence, keep your timing, and, you know, everything went was a good set. And little did I know that that was the audition to be on his show. I have, I didn't know at the time. It was like the unofficial audition because I didn't meet him that night. I met him a few months later at uh, Governors in Leavittown when I got to speak to him in the green room and even then uh, I knew about the show but we didn't talk about the show until like like two months later I saw it the breakdown for the character come down on Actors Access so I called up my manager I said you gotta get me in there for an audition and I went in there and the character breakdown was giant long-suffering father of seven and I said you know I'm giant <laughs> Right? I'm giant alone suffering. <laughs> I only got one kid, but I'm giant alone suffering. And, uh, that really, the character felt really well. And then, uh, I would say, uh, two months later, my manager calls me and says, Kevin James is going to call you and this afternoon stay by the phone. I was like, oh my god. So I'm driving down Portion Road here in Ronkonkoma. And, uh, the uh i see i get a call from uh california and i pick it up and hey chris it's rock rubin and kevin james how you doing i was
0: like
1: yeah and uh I, I i you know i can't remember too much of the conversation i remember them saying oh glad to have you on board you're a funny guy and Then I called my wife, and I was like a babbling brook. (laughs) She's like, calm down, breathe. What happened? She thought I was into a car accident or something. Did they call you? Is it it good? Is it good? I'm like, it went very good. And, uh, you know, so next thing I know, I'm uh, I'm filming the pilot with him, which was surreal. You know, you watch him on TV, King of Queens. The next thing I know, I'm sitting in that living room setting with him, uh, doing a scene with him. And that was just, like, incredible. And uh you know, we're about, we're filming the uh, the scene and all of a sudden I see uh I'm trying to stay calm and all of a sudden I see Adam Sandler walk in and start watching me. I'm like, Oh great, I need this right now And then she
0: like,
1: <laughs> Right? I need Adam Sandler staring at me right now. It was like hi uh I but uh you know what the really cool thing was is uh once the first when we were filming, once the first actor made a uh messed up his lines, the audience laughed so hard. That it was like 200 pounds just came off my chest. Like, it was okay to mess up.
0: Yeah.
1: And that was yeah. big. Yeah, plus the the staff and the crew, they made a really relaxing atmosphere. We all got to know each other. We were, like, going out doing karaoke and stuff like that at restaurants. And just, like, bonding in those two weeks.
0: Did you guys shot on Long Island or in, this, or in L.A.?
1: Well, no, we shot that. And this is shot in Bethpage. That's page, Long Island, so that's 20 minutes from my house. Uh, You know, it's like it's all like so much. It's all like incredible the way things have been happening. And one day I was driving in, I think there was like a little traffic. It took me like 28 minutes to get there. I'm like, this is
0: ridiculous. (laughs) Uh,
1: So, yeah, I can't wait. So we start filming again August 15th. That's when we start with episode number two. That's so cool, that's so awesome i know
0: did did you know like did Trusten know that Kevin was gonna be there that that first time or no i
1: I think he did I think he did I said to him, like you know when I found out I got the part, I really couldn't say anything because nothing was put in ink, and I sent him I sent him a text message I said i'm gonna i said. I really can't say it. I texted him. I said, I really can't say anything now, but I'm going to owe you a very big thank you very soon. And he wrote back, is this related to Kevin James? <laughs> so I think he, he must've had some kind of idea what was going on before and after.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. John Trusen's a good guy, man. He, he's like really uh, supportive and he believes in comics. The guy just, he you know, he wants nothing. He wants nothing from you except the seat that he used to be that, that, Great guy. Yeah, I, I
0: mean, I've uh, I, I don't have you know I don't have similar experiences at all, but my experiences with him is just it's all awesome. Like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm nobody, you know what I mean? And like they constantly put me up and, and you know, waste time in their club. Uh, yeah. I love it. I, yeah, I got nothing. Uh, that guy's awesome.
1: Yeah, when they see you, they see you work and they see you writing. They're gonna put you up.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's true. I mean, I can't, I can't figure him out because like, I, I play, I used to play poker all the time, and I feel like I'm pretty good at reading people. Uh, but I can never, I can never figure that guy out. Like nobody can. He, he, yeah, like he, he emailed me for a spot, and I, I came down. You know, I was oh, you know, thank you so much. And I came down, and then I saw him, and he just, like, stone-faced me and walked past me. And I was like, okay. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> <So> maybe not.
1: Tim, <laughs> I'm, uh, I feel like a good friend of mine. We've gone to range games together, and I still feel like I'm, I still don't know him 100%. I'm still afraid of him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what were you doing for a living before this became a full-time thing for you?
1: Uh, for the, I was actually doing uh, for a while. I was doing security. I was just bouncing at bars, and oh. uh, yeah, because my brother had my brother. Well, my brother had a security company where I would, uh, you know, he would put me like he knew I didn't want to get involved with people and get in any trouble. So he would put me like by the back door uh, of these nightclubs, and sometimes people would walk up trying to go in the back door. And I'm like, no, you, you can't come in this way. and they're like, hey, wait a second! Didn't we see you open up for this guy at Westbury Music Fair? Like, yeah, that was <laughs> like, yeah, that was me. But I'm gonna need to see your ID if you wanna.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's so humbling, it's so humbling.
0: Yeah,
1: you go from uh, you go up stage and you and you you're flying high, feeling great, and then you drive. I I would drive like a half hour to a gig. A security gig where they, you know if they put me by the front, door, I'm like, "Hey, I need to see your ID." Come on, guy, I was just in there. I come here every week. What's the matter with you? I'm like, I just doing my job, man. Let me see your ID.
0: And, uh... Yeah, I I actually have a pretty hard time with that. Like, I saw I saw someone who regulars the club I work at yeah. at at McGuire's on Thursday, and like couldn't. Like couldn't loosen up because of it. Like I couldn't get comfortable on stage. And so I was like, ah, there's some up here. Oh, wait, you saw, oh, you him in the audience? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I oh, was like judging me right now. And
1: I'm like I can't. Oh, hey. I was just talking about that, you know, because I, I I worked at uh, McGuire's this past weekend. And my relatives come, and I every comedian hates when their relatives come to show. because you know like instead of just being relax and say what you want to say. You're self-conscious. You don't want to offend anybody. I have a lot of material about family. So now, I always tell my family, if they come, please sit in the back so I don't have to look at you in the front and be self-conscious. <laughs> so, last show I'm doing, I, the first show, there was two shows. First show, I walk in and there's my dad's cousin, my second cousin, sitting up front. I'm like, alright, well, you're going to hear a lot of shit about my father, so get ready. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. Can I curse on your podcast? I'm sorry. What well, no, you're, you're,
0: you're no, it's fine.
1: Totally fine. I said I, I did radio last week, uh on Long Island and then I, I dropped the F bomb and I was like, Oh, sorry. Sometimes you don't well, realize have, it. when you get comfortable you don't realize it. You're like, oops, oh, sorry about that one.
0: Yeah, well they have a, they have a button, don't they? They have
1: like a cough button. Yeah, that dumb button whatever it's called, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: So they laugh, like, all right, we we got that one.
0: Also those guys like Roger and JP, right? That's the show you did.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, like those guys are so close anyway, like um yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't have even stressed it. I wouldn't have even have noticed that I did it probably. Yeah. <laughs> so funny did. Yeah. Nobody knows. Yeah, you know, I, I had a meeting with those guys for, for work. we do a lot of stuff with them at the club and uh I I like well, you know, I did like, you know how you work in material to the conversation sometimes, like, oh yeah, be a ham, and so I like I worked in like a little thing where I, I talk about um, w- w- would you would you rather eat your, your own dog or someone else's baby? Like is that, those are the only choices, right? And uh, and I, you know, I just we were joking about it, and then like a week later, they asked that on air. I like
1: how people call in with answers. I was so mad. Oh, it's hysterical. Wait, wait, so they took your question?
0: Yeah. Are you thieves? No credit. No credit, nothing. That's
1: the last time I talked to you guys. That's so funny. That's so funny. That's, you know, showbiz like that. You know, sometimes, like, (laughs) as, as a comic, like, we're trying to like uh, with social media. We're trying to like you know be up and up on it and keep up to date. So sometimes I'll think of something funny and I'm starting to write it on Twitter. I'm like, wait a second, this could be a joke on stage. And you know, if I tweet this, some comic is going to steal it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have, but then you have proof that you came up with it first and it's
1: dated. Yeah, that's true. I'm uh, I. I I'm not the strongest tweeter. I think I'm a really good retweeter.
0: <laughs> but
1: if I, yeah, if I see something, if I see something funny, I retweet it. I, I read some article on how to get more Twitter followers, and it says uh, if you can't think of anything, to, anything to write, retweet. I'm like, all right. So I'm a retweeter. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. not gonna need to. You're not gonna need to like.
0: Do anything soon, because
1: once the show is out, you're gonna have like fifteen thousand followers like in a second. Yeah, I'll be doing a lot of
0: retweeting. Are you? How was your uh? How was your headlining gig the other day?
1: Oh, uh, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Like the Friday show was, I think, as a radio, it was almost sold out, which was surreal. You know, especially after the show when you're like greeting the people, like, people, you're like, oh my god. This, this is what it must be like to be famous for a day
0: yeah
1: and then and then saturday was beautiful the weather so we had like two medium crowds and but you know sometimes uh, you get a medium crowd and a small crowd and they're mighty and they, they were mighty and they were laughing at everything making my job easy so. yeah plus like
0: even a small crowd at mcguires is like that's a big room you know, yeah. the small crowd of Agoura is still a great crowd. Like, yes. they might be a little, they might be a little wary of laughing out loud at
1: first, but once they get going, it's that's as good as any crowd in the city you're going to get. You know, like. Oh yeah, they're uh, as long as they see. So got the people in government is about to seek small crowds. Like sometimes you go to these uh, venues, other comedy clubs across the country, and they'll let the people where they want, so next thing you know, you're doing a, a show for 50 people, but they're spread out all over the room, and it, you know, yeah. and they never really they never really come together as an audience.
0: Yeah. Do you, do you do a lot of road stuff?
1: You know what? I do a lot of tri-state, you know, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, but I oh, was speaking with an agent, and if everything works out, I, I might start doing a lot more comedy clubs, you know, across the country, which I'm excited about, because it's always interesting when you have material to see how certain jokes work in different states. For instance, I always say, uh, you know, I got that joke about Zeppelin's but yeah. if you, when you're performing outside of the Northeast, especially outside of New York and New Jersey, people are like, well, what's a Zeppelin? I'm like, you don't know what a Zeppelin like you don't know what a Zeppelin is, You have to try. You have to try Zeppelin. I think they call them different things in different states. You know, like almost like a hero is called different in different states. Yeah, I think
0: yeah. it's just like fried dough in a lot of places.
1: Yeah, so uh, you're right. I think it is probably just fried dough. Uh, I forgot. Somebody at my show on Saturday was from Chicago, and I forgot what they call it. Um,
0: I'm
1: like, the Zeppelis.
0: Like with the show, did you were ever- – what Your goal wasn't – was your goal always actor like you wanted to be an actor? Your goal was to be a good comedian,
1: correct? Yeah, it was always to be a good comedian. And then uh, I would say that when I was about like three or four years in the business, I always heard about this acting teacher from City that everybody went to, um, that she helped, you know, a lot of comedians. And I said, you know what, if I can get good at my acting – if I get good at acting, then I can get good at comedy, you know, like doing act-outs and whatnot. So I started going to this woman, Joanna Beckson, of the city, uh, and I, I kind of – she kind of made me fall in love with acting. And next thing I know, I'm doing television commercials, and I'm really enjoying that area of the business. Uh, I think that's one thing where stand-up comedy helps with acting um, in a sitcom because as comedians – we have that instinct not to, when people are laughing, we know not to talk, you know? Yeah. Where where I see sometimes other actors may, you know, step on their laughs or step on another actor's laughs where, you know, you hear the laugh, you know, I wait for the laugh to die down before you deliver the next line, you know?
0: Which is so much easier said than done. Like, it's really unique unique to stand up. Yeah.
1: That's my dog story.
0: That was great. I love dogs. Hey, like, hey, Leeloo, knock it off.
1: I named her after the Fifth Element movie. That girl. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: yeah, that's her name. Leeloo. Leeloo. She's crazy.
0: So, uh, so this is like, this is great because you're going to, if the show does well, then you're going to be able to, you're going to be able a to more as, a, as a comedian.
1: I'll be able to buy a car.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like uh, it's like uh, I joke around on my act. I said um, my wife and I are trying to move out of my father's house and I go, you know, we're not we moving to save for a house. We're really waiting for a house.
0: <laughs>
1: you know, it's one of my jokes but we're, you know, my, like, we would like to be in a position where we could, you know, my dad would been very supportive but it's getting to that time where it's like all right, I think it's time to to fund something else to get out of here, you know, the wife went to her own place. There's nothing like having your own place.
0: When you when you got started in stand up, did you like take any classes or anything or you just started to learn? Oh, no, learn?
1: I, I uh I started taking uh with Rich Walker and Peter Bells and Steve Lazarus I started taking that standard university class, uh-huh. um, which was really good. I took it like six times in a row because I really liked the atmosphere, the comedians get together, you know, six, seven comedians get together and helping each other write jokes. Um, so I got I got addicted to that right away. I always like, when I talk about comedy, I remember a scene from a movie uh, interview with a vampire. Uh-huh. You know, where uh, Brad Pitt and a and little girl vampire—they thought they were all alone in the world until they went to England and, and they found other vampires. And I always say that we, that's what it was like when I started doing comedy. I found other people that were like, "Wow, there's other people like weird like me." <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> other,
1: I get that totally. Yeah, there's other there's other nut jobs out there. Yeah,
0: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I take I still take classes constantly. Like I just I yeah. I love like I, I love hearing I love hearing people articulate about the craft. And I just you know I love hearing people talk about it. So I just know constantly.
1: Yeah, just... me too. I have like I have every book on comedy. Whenever I see a book, how to stand up, I always get it because I always like to find different ways of uh, free association. Like not so much. How to write a punchline, but how to generate ideas for topics. And yeah, that's why I always like to talk to other comics. Like, what do you do when you come up with an idea? Like, all like I like to go to the library and I'll take a keyword, whatever the word. Let's say I'm writing a joke about uh, dogs. I'll go up and I'll set a time of like three minutes, and I'll just write nonstop. Anything that comes in my head: dog, bone, ball, leash, walk, park, poo, pee, bag, whatever. And then when I'm done with that, I'll look. I'm like, is there anything funny here? That could be, you know, labradoodle. All of a sudden, I wrote the word labradoodle. I'm like, that's kind of funny. Labradoodle, part poodle, part Labrador, you know. And I end up writing a bit about that, about labradoodles. How you know they're called designer dogs now, and we used to call them mutts, but I guess their dogs are getting offended. We got to call them designer dogs, and <laughs> you know, uh, maybe someday we'll have designer humans where you could go to a website and, like, you know, I'm looking for somebody uh, kind of frugal like a Jewish guy, but a little, you know, more, you know, a designer human.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, there's an exercise that we did that, uh, Joseph Vito does in his classes.
1: Yeah, he's he's a good that, teacher, he,
0: yeah, he's amazing. Uh that like I find super useful and do like in my daily life all the time. Like he he has he'll have you do your material and they'll have the class interrupt you with questions that arise from the material. Yeah so yes. what other directions you can take it. Right. And, and so I do that all the time with my own stuff. Like, I'll sit down and look at it and be like, well, what, you know, what what questions am I bringing up by by talking about this? Like, do I need to address this? Is this distracting? Can I go off in this direction? Can I do a tangent here about this? So, like, that's something that I wouldn't have known to do had I not been obsessed with taking classes, you know?
1: Oh, so the questions are, like, like let's say I'm telling my bit about labor and would somebody say something like, "Why does that bother you so much?" Or,
0: well, uh, not vague like that. It'll be like, um, where, "Where did you get it?" Like you know, more specific. Yeah, like, wh- what's the name of the dog? Where did you get it? Uh, right. Uh, you know, how big is it? Uh, are you allowed to have pets in your apartment?
1: Uh, okay, kind of I like to see that. I love stuff like I love
0: hearing stuff like that. Yeah, that, that's one of my favorite ones. Like, I constantly apply that, you know, and try to yeah. expand the things that I have to be bigger pieces.
1: And Then there's, there's another one, uh, the improv rule. The improv rule of yes and.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So I, I try yeah. to apply, apply that to my writing where I'm like, all right, yes, this happened, and then what happened next? Yes and, yes. Yes, okay, that did happen. Now what happened after that?
0: um. Who told me – Brian McKenna actually told me, like, a thing. He took, like, a story – either a story writing class or a copywriting class about – and he said that the key is um, every, every sentence – in between every sentence, you should be able to write, uh, and then this happens, or yeah. – What's the – damn it. Uh, I'm ruining this. Uh, I ruined it.
1: Get him on the phone. Get him on the phone. I need to know. (laughs)
0: Uh, Next time you see McKenna, ask him about that, because he's got, like, a really great rule that he learned in a a class that I'm forgetting right now. I have written down at home. I'm going to call him and
1: hang up with you, because I love this stuff.
0: Hey, Chris, thank you so much for doing this, man. Thanks for taking time out of your uh, life for uh, for me and this uh, silly little thing I do. Anytime, brother. Anytime. Um, Good luck with everything. Uh, I... Hope uh, I hope to run into you very soon, and uh, yeah, man. So many congratulations on uh, on that show. That's a, that's a uh-huh. huge thing, and it's gonna it's huge for Long Island.
1: Thanks, man. I really appreciate it, and I will definitely uh, I will definitely see you around the clubs, man.
0: Yeah, man.
1: You know, maybe I'll see you at the rock clubs too.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. You gotta get back on stage, dude. You gotta uh, you gotta start playing out with your band. Uh-huh.
1: Oh, uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. We're recording the fourth song demo, so I can't wait until it's done, you know.
0: You're, you're recording with Joe?
1: Joe, yeah, Joe's band. Joe's like, uh, he's like the fifth guy in the band when he, when he jumps on board, man. He's incredible.
0: Yeah, he's the best. I'm gonna, I'll get a copy from him for sure as soon as it's done, so. Cool. All right, man. Hi, brother. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so, I'm on the, I'm talking to Roach, and, uh, I I butchered some information. I can't remember the actual thing. I said that um you took like a you took like a copywriting class or a story writing class and they told you to um just make sure that uh you can you can say so then this yeah. Uh, in between every line. But I, I can't remember the exact uh I'm butchering it basically. Yeah, yeah, you you pushed it pretty hard because I never took a class. Um oh. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I, all right, I never took a class. one <laughs> I never took a class. Uh I Googled oh, I Googled oh, oh, so, a class, so I Googled <laughs> Yeah, I mean if you consider Google a class then yeah. Yeah, then I then I definitely took on taking multiple classes on a lot of different things. <laughs> um what I did was, was I don't know how I got or how I even found this particular video, but if you go, if you Google, uh, if you Google <laughs> Matt and Trey Parker at NYU, uh, what they did was was the, there was a day one film students uh, went to NYU, but their first day was not taught by the regular teacher Matt and Trey Parker from South Park taught the class. Jesus. And uh, Yeah, which is pretty pretty amazing. You got two geniuses of comedy and storytelling for your first day of class. So they ended up staying for like five hours. And one of the things that they show in the video is is, uh, they have Matt and Trey Parker have the – for every South Park episode, they have a big white board, and they have an outline. They just kind of have one one sentence of what they think the particular episode is going to be about. And uh, they write the whole thing out. So they say, this is going to happen, and then this is going to happen, and then this is going to happen, and this is going to happen. But they show you how boring the word and this and kind of explain why when you're when you're doing um when you're doing kind of a story like that, how many times you've been to a movie and I think they even use this example how many times you've been to a movie and you're like watching it and this happens and then this happens and then this and then this and by like a half hour forty five minutes in the movie you're like this is boring like I don't I don't understand, like, it's boring to me. Like, nothing's happening because you're just kind of telling me there's no kind of setup or punchline to the scene. So what they, do, what they do is that they have one line, so, all right, so this is going to happen, but then this has to happen. Therefore, this has to happen. And because that last thing happened, this has to happen. And it kind of goes on like that. And that's how you tell a story, whether comedic or... Drama, whatever you want to say. Okay, so okay, so it's and so you're replacing so then this with but or therefore. Correct. Yeah. So if something happens, but then something else has to happen. Therefore, this there always has to be some sort of action as opposed to just telling you. Oh yeah, and this happened, and this and this. There has to be like a. There has to be like a, a, a cause and effect. Basically, it was what the, that's probably the best way to put it. That well, they I rem- call it' an effect writer. I remember you telling it to me and me writing it down and being like, Oh, I'm like uh, that that's all like that's awesome and then uh <clears throat> and then I try to tell Roach and uh <laughs> what did Roach say <laughs> uh he uh No, I don't know, man. I think I ruined his uh, ability to write jokes. uh, (laughs) (laughs) I just made Road to Awful. I ruined his career. Uh, Uh, He gets kicked off the Kevin James show. (laughs) He gets kicked off the Kevin James show. By the way, you keep saying and this, and we can't have you. If you say so, then this happened one more time. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good uh, it's a good tool if you're writing screenplays or just a story in general. I don't know if it works. I don't think it works kind of stand-up for purposes, um, but definitely just regular storytelling of any kind of... Well, I think... I mean, I think if you're a storytelling comedian, then that's, uh, that's probably... I, w- I mean, I would have to, like, go look... But I, I, now you know, hearing it out loud, again, I'm like, oh yeah, I can see how that uh, makes because it's it's you know, I mean it's it's the it is joke structure. It's you're going this way, but then and you go the other way. You know? Correct. Yeah. I mean, it definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I see what you're saying. It does. There is a even with joke writing, there has to be cause and effect. So you did this, and therefore, where's the punchline? Yeah, like, yeah. Where's the Where's the payoff? There's no payoff to the scene. And uh, if you actually watch that video, if anyone who ever listens to this um, ends up watching that video, if you actually watch, they say that every scene to them has to have a has to have an ending. And there's no scene that kind of just leaves you kind of like, well, okay. They said that they did it that one year on South Park where they left everyone on a cliffhanger and they'll never do it again. So huh. they got crap for it. So... Yeah, it's definitely worth the. Uh, I think it's actually like a six or seven minute video. It's definitely worth a watch. I'll uh, I'll uh, look for it and put the link in the in the description on uh, the website so uh, people can watch. Yeah. All right. Thanks, yeah. Brian. Thanks so much yeah, for uh, <laughs> taking the time <laughs> to send <all> this <laughs> ridiculous things. Yeah, you have to have me back on. We could talk poker. I want to talk yeah. about all the fucking years of us <laughs> playing cards.
1: I and, think and me
0: losing thousands of dollars <laughs> to you and various people in the Long Island surrounding area. <laughs> I think I've been saying to you, like, Oh, we have to have you on the show and then uh since like I Yeah, start, and then you have fucking Roach on. That's what happened. that's what happened. And then that someone gets a sitcom and you're like, I'll get that <laughs> guy first. <laughs> <laughs> you wanna move want the list? get a sitcom? Yeah, I can't I can barely I can barely uh I can barely get a open mic date, let alone a uh, sitcom, so <laughs> 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 All right, man. Yeah, uh, yeah I'll have you on very soon, actually. Uh, definitely. Uh, definitely. All right, man. Uh, thank okay. you very much, and I'll talk to you later. You're a jerk, Neil.